here. Leviticus chapter 23. And as we get ready to read in Leviticus 23, early, early on I said the Passover was related to his death, his burial, and his resurrection. So in Passover are three feasts. A lot of times we just think of the feast of Passover, but if we'll study it close, there are three feasts connected with Passover. In fact, sometimes the Bible will call it the feast of unleavened bread and not the Passover. But in the Passover, there are three feasts in that. And in Leviticus 23, if we read it slow and close, we can pick them up. And, and I'm going to kind of highlight them just from a, a teaching standpoint to point these uh, three feasts out that's connected to Passover. But these three feasts are death, burial, and resurrection. That's, that's really what these three feasts are pointing to is the work that he has done. And then when you come into Pentecost, which we're, we're on our way toward, and this is at least what I, uh, I believe I'm seeing, is that Pentecost connects us, the church, his body, to the work he did in Passover. And, and you know, there'll be more said about that, but that's, but that's what I believe, that, you, you know, maybe all three of them, relate to death, burial, and resurrection, uh, Passover, Pentecost, and, and, and Tabernacles. But Passover itself is a three-day feast. And, and uh, you, you know, in, in Leviticus 23, verse 4, it says, these are the Lord's appointed feasts. This is the NIV version. The sacred assemblies you are to proclaim at their appointed times. The Passover to the Lord begins at twilight on the 14th day of the first month. So if you go back and study your Bible, twilight was the end of the day. So Passover was, was at the end of the day when they, when they killed the Passover, if I understand it right. It's at the end of the day on the 14th day of the month. So, so when you go in and you read the, the story of the Israelites going into the house after they killed the lamb and, and eating the lamb, that's the next day. Because as, as it, the day, night and day were one day to the Israelites. So, so the evening and the morning were, you know, in the scriptures is the first day. So, so you go from, uh, on that calendar, you start in the evening, and from the evening, uh, you move from the evening in the morning. That's the that's the day in the Israelite calendar. So, so with that said, we have the appointed feasts and Passover is at the twilight and then immediately in the Passover you when you read this this is Passover to the Lord begins at twilight on the 14th day of the first month on the 15th day of the same month begins the feast of unleavened bread 
to the Lord. For seven days you must eat unleavened bread. On the first day you are to hold a sacred assembly. You are not to do any regular work. For seven days you are to present an offering made by fire to the Lord. On the seventh day there shall be a sacred assembly. You must not do any regular work. Now catch verse 9 here. And the Lord said to Moses, speak to the Israelites and say, when you enter the land that I am giving you and you reap its harvest, you are to bring to the priests a sheaf of first fruits of your harvest. So here's death, Passover, unleavened bread, burial, and a first fruit, resurrection. And go back into this, you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest, and he shall wave the sheaf before the Lord so that it may be accepted on your behalf. The priest is to wave it on the day after the Sabbath. So wherever the Sabbath fell during that uh, feast of uh, unleavened bread is where this is at. And I'll show you this in a second. On the day you wave the sheaf, you are you shall offer a old lamb without blemish, a year old lamb without blemish is a burnt offering to the Lord, along with its grain offering of two tenths of the ephah of fine flour mixed with oil, an offering made by fire to the Lord, a pleasing aroma, and its drink offering of a quarter hen of wine. You must not eat any bread or roasted or new grain until the very day you have brought this offering to your God. This is to be a permanent statute for your generations to come wherever you live. Now, if you read this and you don't read the rest of these verses, you can think this isn't related to the Feast of Passover. But when you come into verse 15, watch this real close. It says, from the day after the Sabbath, the day you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, you are to count off seven full weeks. You shall count off 50 days into the day after the seventh Sabbath and then present an offering of new grain to the Lord. Bring two loaves of bread from your dwellings as a wave offering, each made from two tenths of ephah of fine flour baked with leaven. Now, this is interesting, Pentecost. We're not going to probably get into this night tonight, but notice that Pentecost is baked with leaven. Passover has no love. Uh, so that's something to just, you know, have in your mind. But as and it goes on, it says, as the first fruits to the Lord, along with the bread, you are to present seven unblemished male lambs, a year old, one young bull, two rams. This will be a burnt offering to the Lord together with the grain offerings and drink offerings, an offering made by fire. So Pentecost was 50 days after seven weeks, 49 days, seven weeks after Passover's Pentecost or after the, actually, if I, if I understand what he's writing here, it's after the wave offering. So however, the wave offering failed, it's approximately 50 days is uh, Pentecost. Seven weeks. You notice the, the sevens inside of these feasts, how God deals with sevens. Now, something interesting. If you lay all these feasts down, if you go Passover, 
unleavened bread, first fruits, Pentecost, trumpets, atonement, and tabernacles, you have seven days. But the Lord said that you shall appear before him three days. So you could, you could say within this seven day, the completion is a three-day journey. And of course, we know that three-day journey is related to the Lord Jesus in death, burial, and resurrection. But here in Passover itself is, is death, burial, and resurrection because the Lord himself bore the Passover. While we're connected to the Lord, he did that himself. He went into death. He was buried. And he was raised again. Whether any one of us ever received the Lord or not, he, was, he died, was buried, and raised from the dead. And that was the establishment of the new covenant. Actually, we looked at this a couple weeks ago. This is the new covenant in my blood. So we have an establishment of a new covenant that's cut in his blood, and, and that's through his death, burial, and resurrection. You know, Jesus said he will not drink no more of the fruit of the vine till I drink it new. And I believe it was in the first fruits that it also deals with the fruit of the vine, which, which, which all, all these things get interesting when you start looking at these feasts and then you come over and start reading some of the things Jesus uh, says and you go, huh, this, these things, you, you know, I, and I've seen this a number of times, Jesus doesn't just say things off the cuff. Most, if not everything he said is connected to the old covenant because that's what he said. He has, he's the fulfillment of the old covenant. He come to fulfill the law and the prophets. The law and the prophets testified of him. So, so he came to fulfill Pentecost, Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. They're all fulfilled in the Lord Jesus. So as, as I look at this Passover, and in particular, I look at the unleavened bread and the first fruits, just a few scriptures in relations to relation to the unleavened bread. It, in uh, let me see here, Exodus 12. In verse 15, and we've read the first parts of Exodus 12 a whole bunch, but here at verse 15, he says, Seven days shall you eat unleavened bread, even the first day you shall put away leaven out of your houses. And I marked, put away. You shall put away leaven. For whosoever eateth leavened bread from the first day unto the seventh day, that soul shall be cut off from Israel. And in the first day shall be a holy convocation, and the seventh day shall be a holy convocation. No manner of work shall be done in them, save that which every man must eat, that only may be done by you. And you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread. For in the selfsame day have I brought your hosts out of the land of Egypt. 
Therefore, shall you observe this day throughout your generations by an ordinance forever. So you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread, and you shall put away leaven. Now, chapter 13, verse 3. Says Exodus 13 3. And Moses said to the people, Remember this day in which you came out from Egypt, out of the house of bondage, for by, by strength of the hand of Jehovah brought you out from this place. Or by strength of hand, Jehovah brought you out from this place. There shall no leaven be eaten. See, again, here's the putting away. So there's a putting away which is connected to what? Burial. When you're putting something away, you're always connecting to the burial. So you put away the leaven. You have no leaven in your house. The leaven is done away. It's put away. Now Deuteronomy 16. In verse 4, Deuteronomy 16, verse 4. And there shall be no leaven seen with thee in all thy borders seven days. Neither shall any of the flesh which thou sacrifices the first day at even remain all night until the morning. So here you go. The leaven and the flesh is what? Put away. It doesn't remain. So in the natural, if somebody physically passes away, what do we do? We put them away. They don't remain. And and to me, this is what this is speaking of. The Feast of Unleavened Bread is a putting away. And uh, 1 Corinthians 5, Apostle Paul writes, Your glorying is not good. Know you not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? Now, consider this. Paul's referring here, which he does in most of his epistles he refers back to the law so now they're glorying in the flesh <laughs> is related to leaven they're glorying in themselves is related to leaven purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump even as you are unleavened for a Passover also have been sacrificed, even Christ. Wherefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven. So our feast is Christ. And we are not to keep the feast with old leaven. But we are to keep the neither with, with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So, so what does this mean? Purge out the old leaven. Purge out the old man, you could say. You know, you know, as I eat his flesh and drink his blood, 
I come to an understanding that the old man is dead. And, and you know, I, I believe the second room in the tabernacles connected to this as you go in that room and you eat that bread, that showbread, which I believe is Jesus says, take eat, this is my body. In another place he says, this is my body, which is broken for you. So, so as we eat of his death, the old man is put away. As we understand him, as we eat the bread of, of life, as we eat Christ Jesus our Lord, we begin to understand the old man is put away so we can purge out the leaven. So if we don't understand the old man's put away, we're probably going to have a hard time of purging out the leaven because we don't even know what the leaven is. You know, the man of sin that is crucified, Paul says in Romans 6, and we read this almost every other week, know you not that as many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death, that we were what buried with him. I, I love how Romans 6 really reads. I was I, I was reading that for the probably 10,000th time. I, I might be exaggerating it, but I've read it a lot. And I and I love this. Therefore, we are we are buried with him by baptism into death. We are buried with him. So we are buried now that like as Christ was raised up from the glory of the Father, even so also we should walk in newness of life. So here's the putting away of the old man. We are buried. And now we walk in this new reality as Christ who is raised from the dead. <laughs> so, so for me to walk as Christ that's raised from the dead, I got to know Christ. If I don't know him, I can't walk like him, right? There's, it would be impossible. So, so there's a way we have to come to know him. And I believe that comes back in eating his flesh and drinking his blood, having the Spirit of God reveal him in our hearts. I believe that's the walk of faith, is, is, is we have God reveal Christ in our hearts and we receive it and we walk in it. I believe that's a walk of faith because God is showing us his word and we're receiving his word. I think that's what he did to Abraham as he come and he spoke to Abraham and says, unto thy seed will I give this land. So, so God in type of chatter revealed a word to Abraham and Abraham believed God. And Abraham began to walk after the word that God had given him. And this, I believe, is really the walk of faith is as God reveals the word in us, we begin to walk after it. And the word that he's revealing in us is Christ. And, and here in the, you know, from a simplicity of this thing, in which most, if not all, I believe all that's on this call believes this, you're the temple of the living God. 
God has revealed that in this people, and this people doesn't regard temples made with hands as God's temple, but it regards the temple that Christ built himself, a son of his own house whose house we are. See, we're walking by faith. We're walking by what God has shown us. We've received what God has shown us, and now we're walking by it. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So now that is being built up in us because we've now received it and we're putting it in practice. You know, we, we really believe this, so we put it in practice. So, so if somebody starts talking to us about the temple of God, we're going to declare the house that God hath built in Christ. We're not going to declare some building someday in the Middle East or the church we go to, the building we go to, we're actually going to declare the building that God has, has built in Christ because God has established that in us and we've received it. So we received it by faith and now we're walking in it. We have that understanding in our hearts and we're walking it. So, so now in like manner, we purge out the old man. We purge out the old leaven. We no longer consider ourselves alive to the man of flesh, but we consider ourselves alive to the man of the spirit. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So we consider our lives in Christ Jesus. We're putting away the old man, and we're walking as Christ raised from the dead. We're we're coming to see as it is in Christ. That's what we're coming to see as it is in Christ. And that's how we're walking. That's how we're walking in this place as God has shown us the word. And the word that God is showing us in this place is the Lord Jesus himself. So that old man is purged out. Now, I'm probably teaching a little bit of the Feast of Pentecost without calling it out because I told you what, what Pentecost, I know what we've done with Pentecost and what Pentecost is, is the joining of two under what the Lord's done. That's why they wave two wave offerings. Because the Lord Jesus joined us to himself. And we're joined and he's revealed in us by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So, so I believe we, we even speak in other tongues more than just that we have a, you know, an unknown tongue. I do. I agree. It's unknown. I speak in unknown tongues. And on the day of Pentecost, they speak in unknown tongues. And I believe that with all my heart because I, I do myself. I speak in unknown tongues. I believe that. But when we're speaking by the Spirit of God, even if you speak in the English language and you're speaking by the Spirit of God, that's unknown to man. Man doesn't know it. I haven't seen Ear haven't heard, never entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for him. 
but God hath revealed them unto us by the Spirit. And so, so what this, the Spirit of God does is he comes to reveal Christ in us and join us fully to him. And that's really what we're declaring in these meetings is we're declaring measures of Christ to one another that we can grow up in him, that we can live in him, that we can find our being in the Lord Jesus Christ where God has planted us. Because that's where he planted us, is in the Lord Jesus Christ. So, so that whole leaven business is that leaven represents sin in the old man, and sin in the old man was crucified. The man of sin was crucified. So the carnality that was in that man was, was put away in his burial, was buried. And Christ was raised by the glory of God. And we are to walk in newness of life as he that was raised from the dead. Because all that carnality that was in us was destroyed at the cross. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. He did it. And in order to understand that, I have to eat him. See, see that's, I believe, the, the, the great mystery, or part of the great mystery. And I think I said this to you the other night. We are what we eat. So, so we, we that have ate him are the body of him. And the more of him we eat, the more we're going to understand this, the more we're going to walk in it, the more of a reality it's going to be in our heart because we're eating of the Lord Jesus. And he's becoming real to us. So, you know, here, here's one of my other favorite scriptures. I got many favorite scriptures, but Ephesians 4.21. If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. So if I've heard him and I've been taught by him. Now, this is a big thing. Taught by him, by him being revealed. The, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation, or that word could have been interpreted behavior. So you put off the former conversation or the former behavior, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. There's the leaven again. And be renewed. And here's, here's the, as Christ, in the spirit of your mind, this word renewed here is renovated. See, see, a lot of Christian thinking is when, when, when we read the word renewed is we're getting renewed back to what we were. No, he took care of what we were at the cross. He crucified it and buried it. He became, which we talk about a lot, what we were, and he took care of it because he he crucified it, 
and he buried it to bring us into one new man. He renovated the house. So he renovated us that we could take on his mind and have the mind of Christ. And that's what Paul declares in another place that we have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is a carnal mind. So he didn't bring us back to anything better of ourselves. He brought us to as Christ was raised from the dead. He brought us to newness of life. And he said, I'm the life. <laughs> so we come to the newness of him. Glory to God. Hallelujah to the old to the Lord. Hallelujah. The old man has been destroyed. Hallelujah to the Lord. And so, so I love this, and that you put on what? The new man. This new man that lives in me. You put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. The old man was it a man of sin. The new man you put on, the new man you're being clothed up on with, and I'm sure we're going to get into this uh, even more as we go through these feasts, being clothed up on with him, we put this man on like a garment, and he's created in righteousness and in true holiness. Wherefore, we put away lying, speaking, speak every man truth with his, with his neighbor, for we're members one of another. So this concept in the church that we're not joined together is a lie. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Now you are the body of what? Christ and members in particular. So we that we are many members, but yet one body. So the whole identity of the members are found in the one. So we find our, our, our identity as his body in him. We really find him. And so we're connected. You know, to me, this is, this is why the church is in so much turmoil, is it doesn't understand it's one body in the Lord. It's not many bodies. It's a one new man, one body that has one life. And when the church declares the oneness of the Lord, I believe we'll see power go through the body of Christ, resurrection power, because we're declaring one. See, right now on the earth, according to where you go, a lot of times we're, we're not declaring one. We're one in reality. But when we see we have put off the old man, We'll quit lying <laughs> because there won't be, we won't see divisions in the church anymore and we'll put away lying and we'll speak in sincerity and truth knowing that Christ is the head of the one body, that he's the first fruits of them that slept. And there's where you get to the first fruits, the head, the beginning of, 
of the cre new creation of God. The first fruits is that that come up out of the earth first. Who come up out of the earth first? Jesus did. So he's the first fruit that we wave before God, just like there in Leviticus, they took that first fruit. God said, when you go into that new land, that when you come into that new land, you're going to keep the first fruit. And you're going to wave it before the Lord. So what we're waving is him, the first fruit of the dead. Hallelujah to the Lamb of the living God. He is the first fruit. And then those that are his at his coming. And I believe that's Pentecost, folks. That's when the Lord came. And those that were there were joined to who? The Lord. So they became the first fruits from the dead. In Adam's, the dead. See, we want to call the dead dead bodies. The dead are those that are in the Adamic man. That's the dead. Let's define it like God defines it. I don't know that God defines the dead as dead bodies. He defines the dead, you know, and maybe he does in some places, but he defines the dead predominantly as those that don't have the life. And those that have the life are not the dead. You have passed, John writes, from death to life. And that whole passing is in the one that raised from the dead. That's how we pass. Is we live in the one that has raised up from the dead. And now we become first fruits unto the Lord ourselves because we are in the first fruit. We're, we become first fruits from the dead <laughs> because we're not in the old man anymore. We put him off. That's what Paul writes over and over in his epistles. He's done away. He's been put away. The leaven's been taken out of this house. Speak truth with one another. Declare what Christ has done. Set it forth in the earth that a people come into the understanding of the Lord. People are starving for the word of God, for truth. So we that have truth have to declare it to them. They may not receive it, but we have to declare it. We have to believe they will. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. I was wondering how I would get to the first fruit. Well, I got there. So, verse 1 Corinthians 15, I'll just read this. It says, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. That's what's waved. Christ who's risen from the dead. That's even what we present as our salvation. When we receive the Lord, we present him that has been raised from the dead 
as our salvation, not ourselves. We, we say we, we couldn't save ourselves, so we bring him as it, you, you know, so to speak, unto God and waiting. I've received the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> He's my first fruit. So we do a wave offering to the Lord. We, don't, we didn't even know we were doing that. But that's what we're doing because we've received him and he's brought us into his death, burial, and resurrection. For since by man by, came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead by Jesus Christ. That's the man that the resurrection of the dead came through. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. That's the key to this scripture, in Christ. If any man had not the spirit of Christ, he is not his. He's speaking to those that are in Christ. Just like in the old covenant, God was speaking to those that were of Israel. And what happens with a lot of these scriptures is people take them and say, well, that means every man. I'm not against God saving every man. But Jesus made it plain, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part of me. You have to, I'm the door, you have to come through the door. You have to eat his flesh and drink his blood to be in Christ. And then it goes on and says, but every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterwards they that are Christ." at his coming. And I believe that's speaking of his coming to us, that we become first fruits unto the Lord. I believe it may be even James that tells us we're the first fruits of the Lord. I believe anyway. You can look it up. You can correct me, but I think that's correct. Uh, I'm looking it up. First fruits to the Lord. Anyway, anyway, I'm going to stop right here tonight, but we will look that up, or one of you guys look that up and tell me. But I know somewhere, or I believe somewhere, it deals with the first fruits as in relationship to the body of Christ. And I know it does here in 1 Corinthians 15. He's the firstborn from the dead. Jesus himself is the head of the body. There it is again. The head comes out first. You know that in a birth, in a natural birth, what comes out first? The head, followed by the body. He's the head of the body, which is the church. So we come out from the dead in him. See, see, what's being taught to many believers is they're coming out from the dead in themselves. That's why we're baptized into Christ. Because God isn't bringing us out from the dead in ourselves. He's bringing us out from the dead in Christ. He's my life. Hallelujah to the Lamb of the living God. And Brother uh, Mark tells me that's James 1 and 18. And I said, I'm going to stop. Well, I'm going to read that. Of his own will beget he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of 
first fruits of his creatures. Product means original formation, that is product, a created thing. So we're the first fruits of his creation. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So here is the first fruits. Here is in Passover, death, burial, getting rid of that leaven and waving that first fruit before the Lord. All right. I'm going to stop right there. Thank you, Brother Mark.